0: Okay, let's, let's pray. Thank you, our dear God, our master and our friend, for the joy of knowing you. Thank you for your word that instructs us to holiness, to purity, above all giving us confidence how to live in this life to glorify your name the reading and the exposition of your word, encourage us to follow you, this and every day, in Jesus' name, amen. Today I'm reading some few areas of the book of Ruth, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 11. Ruth, chapter 4, 1 to 11. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. Behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Come aside, friend, sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. When he had said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold a piece of land, which belong to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you to say, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is no one but you to redeem it. And I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the filth from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabatai, the wife of the dead to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I ruin my own inheritance. You Redeem it. I cannot redeem it. Now, this was the custom in the former times of Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm anything, one man took off his sandals and gave it to the other man, and this was in confirmation of what was done in Israel. Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandals, and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Cileon's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through the inheritance. That name, that the name of the dead will not perish. You are my witnesses this day. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah and the two who build the house of Israel and may may you prosper in Ephrata and be famous in Bethlehem. The Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. The end of this story is so beautiful. I titled the message joy at last. And we see three movements today as we wrap up this lesson. First, we'll see Boaz confronts the close relative at the gate. He goes there and meets this man who is number one in entitlement. Then second movement, we see what happens. Boaz redeems Naomi and Ruth. And the third one, of course, we see the marriage and we have a testimony of a child that is born to them. Ruth marries Boaz. Now let's take a little background again. We've gone through this several times. But again, here you see culture, custom, and tradition. You see the ancient system, their governance system, the way they did things in a very orderly way. Even though we read that there was no king in Israel at that time, because this is the time of the, the book of Judges, there was no king It didn't mean that there were no tribes, there were no customs, there were no tradition. Any group of people, whether there's a church, or a country, or a nation, or a clan, if they don't have any system of governing themselves, there'll be a disaster to be a banana republic. So these people had customs, tradition, culture, governance system that guided them step by step the way things should be done. Friends, it is important For you and I to know where we come from, where we are going, to know the customs and tradition, to know our Christian values and the things that guide us. Otherwise, as somebody will say, say, if you don't know how to faithfully stand for what you believe, you will foolishly fall for error. So, the gate. There there, there are some, some things here that are pure customary. The gate of a city. We see that it is a place where people meet. People meet at the gate and they do their business there. Now, Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So he said, Come, aside, friend, sit down here. And he came and sat down. So they do business at the gate, they meet people at the gate. And at the gate, there were also officers and judges, according to what was established in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18 and people gathered there frequently. In Proverbs 31, we also see the gate playing a very important role in that proverb. Now, these elders were there and whatever happened, they would testify, they would certify that a right thing was being done, a wrong thing has been done, there must be compensation. They decided what is right and wrong, and they sat as a judicial panel, as a council of elders. Now, what was at stake here, is the land. Naomi had sold the land which belonged to her husband, Elimelech, we are told. And it must be bought back according to what we now learn. Boaz encourages the close relative that he should buy it. So he says in 4.4, you see again the display of wit and the display of integrity. And I thought to inform you, saying, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants of and the elders of my people, if you redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may redeem, redeem. That I may know, for there's no one but you to redeem it, and I'm the next after you. Amazing. Boaz had enough money to buy the land. Boaz knew he loved the girl and could marry her, but he also knew his other. That there's somebody's first, somebody's second. Somebody has a claim of right. Friends, can you believe this? A lot of the troubles we have in this part of the world, or in in most parts of the world, comes from people who do things that they shouldn't do. Chieftaincy disputes. Do we know which houses should choose kings or chiefs? Do we know who is first and who is last? Do we know who ought to be a senior prefect? Do you know who ought to be a minister? Are there any rules that governors that everybody knows? And when you are not number one, number two, you know it. You see, that is the kind of moral foundation that it takes to build a cohesive society. But why there's so much lawlessness? I'm always amazed when you travel out of our country and you go to these so-called advanced countries and I must admit that they advanced because they know some of these things. You come to an intersection of a road. There's no traffic light there, there's no policeman there. But by and large, the first car that comes knows that I'm first and he goes. The second one that comes stops. And they keep doing this back and forth, back and forth, until they all move according to how they came, taking their turns. And that's exactly what they are practicing in life here. There's somebody who is number one. There's a land for sale. Are you interested? So he tells the man, oh yes, I'm interested. I'll buy it. This the price. They say, okay. If you buy it, then you also take a woman in addition. Buy one, take one free. So oh, no, 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 I won't. Boaz is clear. You are number one. You take it. So he offers to buy it. He said, This had implication. He said, No, I won't. Now there are people who are there listening to this conversation to see. Whether it is a game that is being played free and fair. So when the man said, okay, yeah, I am not willing to take this woman. Because when I take the woman, I would lose my own heritage. Look at what he said. I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. The man said, no, I won't do it. And this is where we learn something very interesting about the... Kinsman redeemer. The person must have three qualities. The first one is that there must be the person must be a near relative, must be a kinsman, must come from the same family. So there are two people. Number one, and Boaz is number two. The man said, "Yes, I am number one. I know. I am a near relative. I know. You don't have to tell me. You have just affirmed it. Everybody here is listening. Yes, this is number one. Number two, you must be willing to redeem. Oh." Therefore, for him, the redemption only means being, say, being able to say, yes, I'll buy it back. So if it is money, I'm willing to buy it back. But then, when it goes further, you must be able to take what goes into it. Taking the woman, having a child, and letting that child inherit the father. The man said no. So the three conditions for being an appropriate kinsman man redeemer must be a near relative, Two, you must be willing to redeem. And number three, you must be able to redeem. The man was a near relative. He was willing to somehow redeem only the land, but he was not willing to redeem the woman and have a child. So he was out. But there comes in the tradition. What did he do? Verse 7. Now this was a custom in the former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other man, and this was a confirmation. So, therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandals, and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Kilions and Marlon's from the hand of Naomi. So free, fair, transparent deal. What type of society would we have if the buying of land, of uh, cattle, of things in our society was so free and fair and transparent and the elders sitting at the gate? Why have we corrupted our society? The chiefs of our land, the landlords, the, the same family, they are buying and selling the same land Say, I don't know who sold it to you. I don't know who did this and that. How can we live like that? Why do you have so much chaos in our society? So when we claim we are educated, when we claim we are civilized, when we don't, we don't even, when we don't even <laughs> recognize documents, when our site plans are fake, when the signatures are forged, how can we live in a society like this? This is ancient, ancient. And all you needed is witnesses, sandals, to show back and forth, you did it. Because people honored themselves and their word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. See, that's why when you come to the book of Matthew, Jesus is telling us about the Beatitudes. He said, do not swear by anything. Don't swear by heaven, don't swear by earth, don't swear by the Bible, don't swear by the Quran. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because there's a God who knows you, there's a God who sees you, there's a God who hears everything. And we see it here being displayed. The custom was clear. The first man said, I won't go. The second man said, I'll go. So everybody now knows how the game was played. He didn't play it because he was rich. Yes, he may have been rich, but he was able, willing, and he knew what he entered into. So we see the arrangement that was done, the transaction for Naomi's land and the transaction that will give Ruth to Boaz. We see the second movement. Clearly, there must have been things that we are not told in the book, but this will be accompanied by so much joy. Because Verses 7 and 8, it was sealed. Now, now that they've done this, the next thing is the next wedding rituals, how are they going to do it? But that one, you have to go to tradition and the backgrounds to find out what it was. At this point in time, It was a done deal because there was no other relative. The man had died, the children had died, and this woman needed to marry. The eyewitnesses said, we are here. We have seen it. We agree. Now, if you take the story and you go back, Boaz had already seen this woman. She's a very hard working woman. So it's not a flight of emotions. No, the woman herself had experienced the man's generosity. The man had treated her with dignity telling his workers don't abuse her, telling the young men, no, treat this woman with dignity. So you see the ketzy that govern their lives. And so when they sealed this, it was a happy marriage because it was almost like a marriage that was made in heaven. This woman finally found somebody who was willing to redeem her, who was willing to marry her. So Boaz redeems Naomi and Ruth. These two women now have the security of a husband, of a responsible man, of the community, taking note that their shame has been wiped out by an honorable man like Boaz. Oh, may the Lord give us homes, traditions, and families where his name is honored, where things are done right, because to do things that are right is right. When wrong things are done, it is wrong. So, you can imagine that if he had already desecrated himself and spoiled himself and impregnated this woman, what would he be doing in public? He's number two. What would he be saying? I've impregnated this woman and therefore now I am pacifying you. No, that was not the tradition. And Boaz did not lower his standards. Brothers and sisters, let us not lower God's standard. Let us not lower our moral standard. Let us not lower things in the sight of God and the, to please ourselves. And so-called modernity, because God's standards are his standards, and the Lord knows how to redeem his people. So they get married, and truly, they can marry. And when they marry, look, even the townspeople, everybody is happy for them. You no, know, there are times when we go to people's wedding and they marry, and you, you people are in doubt as to what will come out of this marriage because of the integrity of the man. The integrity of the woman, and they, they are wondering what will happen. But look at this. Yes, everybody now said, No. Look at what the, the, the people were blessing them for. See, the Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who build the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrata and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez whom Tamar brought to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Here are the women, the townspeople, blessing Boaz, wishing him well because they know he has done well. We can go into the Tamar story. We can go into some of these stories, but we don't have time for that now. But suffice it to say that here are people who know their tradition and they know how to pick the best of tradition. They know how this woman was derailed. They know how she came from an outside tribe, how she didn't really belong, but now she has married somebody who really, really belonged. And that man's goodness, that man's wealth, that man's character, that man's dignity, that man's behavior at the gate, all those who witnessed it can say, now, these people are well connected. The Lord will bless them and bless them and bless them. And just, just, (coughs) I'm just wondering... What type of prayer they are praying for, for her. The Lord make this woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah. The two who built the house of Israel and may prosper. So they wanted to have a lot of children. Well, whatever they wished for, the Lord did what he does best. Allow her to have a child and that child will get to know very soon. So, So it was that there was joy at last. So, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore him a son. The Lord gave gave her conception. Again, the clear understanding is that fruitfulness, pregnancy, childbirth is a gift from God. She bore him a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Naomi was not the one who gave birth Ruth, but look at what they are telling the grandmother. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a, nour- a nourisher in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better than several sons, has borne you a child. Hallelujah. So, when God blesses you, even your enemies will see it and know that this is the blessing of the Lord. So, she became pregnant and bore a child. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Oh, so Naomi has the joy of being a proud grandmother taking care of the grandson. And also, the neighbor of the women came and they said, Oh, this is a child. And born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, this genealogy is placed here. And some would say the reason why this book was written was written for us to know the line of David and the line eventually of Jesus. That in that line, were people who have also gone through struggles. One of the things we learn about the stories in the Bible is that they are about real people. And the writers of the scripture are inspired by God to write things about how they lived, what God blessed, what God did not bless, the steps that they took that brought them progress, the thing that they did that did not help them. So as we bring these lessons to a close, let's look at a few things that would inspire you and I to not only read the Bible as a storybook, but decide to order it, to guide us. They have a son named Obed, who will become the grandfather of David. You see, in Ruth chapter 4, verse 17, we are told clearly, also the neighbors gave him a name, saying, there is a son born to Naomi, and they call his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Look at this. Perez, son of Judah, Hezron, Ram, Aminadab, Nashlon, Salmon, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, and David. This is the line of David, the royal David. Where did he come from? From a grandmother, a great-grandmother, and from a woman from a different country, a Mubatise, whose history is not particularly pleasant. From Naomi, who followed the husband who had died, the children had died, people may have said all kinds of things about her. But when she decided to go back home to reconnect to her God, the God who forgives when we are truly repentant, the God who has a plan for us, changed her fortune. And the dark days were rolled away and the smile came. You see, at the beginning of the book, read about Ruth and the book, clearly serves two purposes. One, it shows, it illustrates how God rewards those who make wise spiritual choices and show steadfast loyalty, filial loyalty. The book clearly shows that God rewards those who make spiritual choices. Moab was probably a land full of idols, full of so many other things. But this lady, Ruth, decided Something about Naomi, something about Malon and Kilian, they may have died, something. I'll just follow this woman. And she followed her loyally. God shows that he, he blesses those who are spiritually sensitive and he blesses them. But he also goes on to teach us a second lesson to explain how Ruth and Moabatite came to be the ancestor of David and ultimately of the Messiah. God is free to choose anybody, to use, to bless the world. Wherever you are, wherever you are born, if you make yourself a vessel that the Lord can use, he will use you and bless you because he is sovereign and he is the king and he can do anything that he chooses to do to bless the world. So offer yourself to the Lord and be available for him to use you. Then, the book also reveals examples of commendable character, those we see whose character we can say, these are people of noble character. Take the nobility of the character of Ruth. She proved to be better to Naomi than seven sons. That is how the neighbors saw her. That's how the villagers saw her. You see, there are people who fight to be known as something, uh, as a very rough, tough person. I have this story that was told to me by my aunt, and... This answer, I must confess, is a story with a tribal slant. But when they said it, it ended up well. So they had made up their minds that there was this lady that their son brought to them. And they made up their mind that they were not going to like this girl because she was from another tribe, another home. So as soon as the son said, this is the woman I'm trying to marry, they all decided, no, we won't like this girl. So they whispered in their language that they would not like this girl. The woman could sense. In her spirit, even though she didn't understand it, that these people, there's something about them that tells me they don't like me. What did she do? They had gone for a funeral and she followed the fiance and said, my job, my task here is to be with you. You said, this is the best time to introduce me to your family members. So I'll do what I came here to do. I'll serve. I'm a professional hostess. I'll serve them. She served, she served water, anything she said, she did it. She didn't sleep with the boy. She came with her own crew, slept somewhere, and did this. She was so courteous, so well-mannered. And these people who decided they wouldn't like her did everything to show her hostility. And she could read it. She could read in between. But she paid back with broad smiles. After the third day, they called the man and said, did you say... This woman is your friend or you intend to marry her? I said, yes. So why? I said, this girl is cultured. She's well trained. If this is the woman, we approve of her. What am I saying? Her behavior, your attitude determines your altitude. There are some who are known for their bad behavior, the way they speak, the way they blow fuse, the way they get angry, the way they are so intolerant. You wonder why nobody likes you? Sure, Ruth went to a place where, probably nobody should like her. They may have said things about her. She probably didn't understand the language, but she was calm, dignified, composed, serving her mother-in-law. And she was charming to everybody who saw her She said, this is a woman, this is a girl, worth to you more than seven sons. is the testimony of outsiders what is your testimony what is your Christian character believe you me the Christians were first called Christians in Antioch because they behaved like little Christ it was a nickname and the question I ask myself is am I behaving in such a way that people think I'm a little Christ by my tolerance forgiveness my witnessing my love for my neighbor may the Lord help us that the 70, 80% of us who say we are Christian live in such a way that all men and women will see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. That's one of the things that this book teaches us, nobility of character of Ruth worth following. It also teaches us nobility of the character of Boaz as an employer, as a believer who does the right thing, not an employer who is so bossy who is so arrogant that, yes, it is only in church that you know he's an elder, but not at work. He bullies everybody, bullies particularly women, and because he wants people to know that he's the boss. No, he calms down, he does what is right, and God will honor and honor people like that. Woe to God that our country, our churches, were filled with bosses like that, who come down to the level of his people, who know that whatever they have is a gift of God, and they will use it as the Lord opens the door for them to save humanity. But God still wants people like that. Christ was big, if I was to use a modern term. But he came down to the lowest level. He washed the feet of his disciples. But there are people who, when they become ministers, when they become leaders, pastors, deacons, bishops, or whatever they are, they want people to just see them and bow down and shake before them before they are known. This, they steal money or they buy titles Nanao, ohinio, this and that, just to cause people to shake. I'll change your sleeping place. Boaz was a man of honor and dignity, and the Lord blessed him. That is why we are reading his story today. Remember that such character was manifested during a time of Israel, when the country's history was nothing to write home about. But in the midst of that darkness, there were still people who were shining. In the midst of the darkness of Africa, in the midst of the darkness of Ghana, in the midst of the darkness around us, where there seems to be no other, can you make a difference? Can I make a difference? Can I be the one Jesus spoke about when he said, let your light so shine before men and women that they will see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. Yes, Naomi and Ruth and Boaz gave glory to their Father who is in heaven. At a time when it was said, That in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And these people did what was right, not only in their own eyes, but in the eyes of God as well. That is why we are reading their story. Let your choices be like that. So your story will be a modern story that gives God praise and honor. Stay blessed in him. Give your heart to him. Walk with him live for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Fine.